Indiana, the fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Good morning and welcome to Talkin' Sports. Powered by Automotive Color and Supply. For a Saturday, February 4th. 2023, alongside Justin Kenny from OPS outside the huddle.net and Caleb and Kenny in the morning. I said that all in one breath. Hey, you know, it's great job. Yeah, it's getting there. Is there anything else on the horizon? Uh, no, and the high school coaches show, high school coaches show at the, the podcast and working all weekend with, uh, with OPS and youth football this weekend. So Ooh. yeah, our winter two rec league starts today. Uh, tell me, okay, tell us all about that because sure. there is it. It's almost save for moratorium week, a twelve month <laughs> uh, a year proposition uh, that these kids are uh, getting better and getting better at their sport. Yeah, what's been good about the rec league? So it used to be the Plex football uh, league that that we've uh, in conjunction with the Plex kind of taken over operations of it and goes from ages five to fourteen. Uh, Eight-week session. It's two-hand touch. You play it indoors uh, in the wintertime. And so it's just a, like the Pro Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. It's very much unlike flags. Those, we're not pulling flags. We're just two-hand okay. touch. Okay. Um, play at the Plex North. And in the spring, we'll move it outside. Uh, so ages 5 to 14, kind of get them in there, teaching the game, having fun. Not take, I mean, My big thing is not taking things too serious. I think the overarching message with this rec league is – we have our competitive travel, seven on seven, that starts at nine, ten years old, and that's that's competitive. But I want rec league to be recreational. I want kids to have fun. I want parents to have fun. I want every kid leaving that program with a positive impression about the game of football, and not uh, our team got trounced every week, and you fall out of love with the game. Uh, you know, over overbearing coaches, overbearing parents. I want it to be a positive experience, positive atmosphere for kids. And that's been the goal for our rec league. And we start winter two uh, today out at the Plex North. So you mean to tell me that you're nurturing a love of the sport of football for these kids so that they can't wait to show up yes. for the next session? How oh, it's supposed to be. Yeah, we've we've seen the the unfortunately with even quote unquote rec leagues is super teams being put in or a lot of players that want to stick together and play. And I understand that, but at the same time, that's not what the rec league is for. We all played pal and little league where you had some of your best friends were on other teams, mm -hmm. you know, that's just how it was. And that's okay. And so my goal is I don't want super teams. I, I other, unless you're a sibling, I do not guarantee anything in terms of what teams you are. If you're drafted, on the same team, great. Otherwise, no, because that, that's a slippery slope. You go down, then you have this kid wants to play with this, this, this kid, yeah. and then you have eight kids signing up all together, and they've played for three years. And even at age five and six, that can be a big difference when you have kids that are all together and, and super teams. So when you look at all these travel and 6U and 8U, and even our 10U makes me uncomfortable sometimes, it's just way too early in a lot of instances to be that um, competitive, and you just want the kids to have fun. Like you said, nurturing the love of the game and love of the sport, and that's what our uh, our OPS rec leagues are all about. 
Well, good for you. It's, now, is there still time to register, or is registration closed? Registration point? is closed, but if you have a five or six year old, or a thirteen and fourteen year old, uh, I we still have room. Uh, seven and eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve are all booked, book solid. Um, it, it's not an ideal situation being in the Plex North with the Plex South still down, so I have to limit the teams that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all means, age five and six, age 13, 14, um, go to opsfootball.com. You can find out my contact information and get a hold of me. And our spring session, which will start in April, after all the spring breaks and everything, that'll be outdoors. We'll have more teams, all that. Those signups will be open soon, so you can find all of our offerings, opsfootball.com. You know, I at one time, uh, back in a previous uh, life, well, it's actually 1993. I ran, I was president of the largest Little League, I believe, in District 10. Really? Uh, with uh, complete with, from T-ball up to big league, up for the high school kids. Was it what, St. Joe? Yeah, St. Joe. Yeah. St. Joe American, St. Joe National. Yep. There were about 1,100 families. Wow, that's in amazing. And that, that I, I lasted one one <laughs> year. And then I, then I said, you know what? I want to be the equipment manager of this gigantic league and and did so. But and I can't imagine even 30 years ago the stresses that you had. I can't imagine being in that situation position well, now. Communication wasn't as easy. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> you couldn't just can, uh, text can you send me an email? Them. What? Yeah. Text, yeah, you know, yeah. but but I tell you what, we had the draft, the major league draft, and I can remember like it was yesterday. Uh there there was a stud 10-year-old kid coming into the league. And uh, and he was pretty well set that he was going to, you know, the the fam- second pick in the draft. And uh, well, he was picked by the coach of the uh, the with the first pick. Oh, oh, they were hot <laughs> because they'd had it pretty much all planned out ahead of time uh-huh. that, that you know Dad was going to coach and do all the kinds of things. And as it turned out, you know, this guy, this, this dad was honked. He was, you know. Hey, wait a minute. We had this set up, and I was going to be a coach, coach protective, a ten-year-old. You know, you got to wait until uh, the, like the fifth round or something. You didn't declare any. Anyway, long story short, I said, "Do you realize that, I, you know, the coach of this team that that picked him, you know, the the manager pitched in a college baseball rotation with Oral Hershiser? <laughs> he didn't um, know what he's doing. I didn't. I didn't know that." Yeah, I said this guy has a lot of knowledge to mm-hmm. impart. And uh, anyway, long story short, they became great friends. Uh, the kid had a great uh, little league experience and uh, went on to play college ball. So I think the big lesson is is don't don't have your kids grow up too fast. And it's not really the kids; it's more the parents that push that. Right? Just enjoy them being kids. Enjoy enjoying playing little league and make it fun and playing rec league football and making it fun. There's plenty of time to get into that competitive stuff when they get older, but not everything needs to be that ultra competitive win at all costs, all that stuff. Like just, oh, yeah. just go and have fun. Yeah. Have let them have fun. Exactly. Four six eight six two automotive color and supply text line four six eight six two. Put TS in the front of your message, if you will. A few scores to pass along for you. Uh uh the Fort Wayne Comets were winners. We'll be talking to Michael Franke a little bit later on in the show. And uh, it should be a dandy conversation because he should be very happy because in front of uh, better than 8,700 fans last night, the Comets, uh, due to a 
Patrick by Mr. Kern or Kern um, were uh, victorious over Kalamazoo four to two uh, at the Coliseum. Also, uh, the Mad Ants will be in action at the Coliseum tonight. That's a seven o'clock start against the Capital City Go Go. And I know you'll be in attendance. I will be in attendance. I will be at center court. And now, now see, this always wonder, you know, I, I, I kind of doing PA. Yeah. Let's say when Capital City commits a foul, I try to, you know, Capital City foul on number five or whatever. I hate saying sometimes the nicknames when the nicknames are different, <laughs> you know. Go go fall. Yeah, it makes it sound like you know it's a, a discotheque from 1969 <laughs> on the Hollywood Strip. But you know, go go fall. Uh, you know, or Inspector Gadget, one of the two. But <laughs> but anyway, and then of course, uh, they come right into. Well, Wednesday will be at Cambridge Fieldhouse for a 12:30 start against the Oklahoma City Blue. The Blue. So, so blue foul. Blue foul. you got to watch as well when they get the ball out of bounds. <laughs> Don't even say it. Anyway, <laughs> hey, 46862 Automotive Color and Supply Text Line. 46862. And he said it. <laughs> put, put CS in the front of your message. Uh, as we said, Comets uh, victorious over the Kalamazoo Wings last night. Uh, Let's take a look at girls' sectional semifinals from uh, around the region last night in 4A at Huntington North. It was uh, the host, uh, Lady Vikings, all over New Haven, 55-11. to 11. And Homestead uh, throttles Wayne 73-32. Uh, a, a tough way for Coach Gorman and company to uh, end that season. But still, boy, they made some strides. Very, very great season for, for Wayne, 15 wins, and where Laisha Gorman has taken that pl- program since she took over. Nothing short of tremendous. E- uh, uh, going above last year's win total each and every season that she's been there. Now you get the Huntington North Homestead rematch. Huntington North knocked off Homestead in dramatic fashion in the regular season. So tonight at North Arena in Huntington, it'll be the Vikings and the Spartans for a sectional championship. Should be a good one. Also, 4A at DeKalb, it was... Uh, the Snyder Lady Panthers over to Cal 50 to 36, and Mark Redding's Carroll Chargers 57 to 34 over East Noble, setting up Snyder Carroll tonight at DeKalb. Uh, that one will start at 7 p.m. Homestead Huntington North over at Huntington North is at 7:30 tonight. When you look at that game for for Snyder and Carroll, that was a game that, that Snyder beat Carroll. Um, Pretty handily just a couple weeks ago. And so when you look at uh, that matchup coming up tonight, we'll see if Carroll can bounce back. We, we saw that earlier this week when North when Carroll beat Northrop, which was uh, very surprising, particularly when Northrop beat them by 29 earlier this season. So Carroll was able to knock off a foe that beat them pretty handily in Northrop. Can they do the same thing tonight the second time around against the Panthers? And let's let's play hypotheticals here as well with uh, the potential Huntington North uh, sectional champion will play DeKalb, won't they, in the regionals? I never I never know where they're at because they always alternate them. I mean, so right now it would be DeKalb, Huntington North, Lafayette, Jeff, Noblesville, the winners, and Noblesville losing in two OTs yesterday was kind of a big deal. Yes, down uh, closer to Indianapolis, so. 
I'm always not sure. I know they rotate it. I'm just not sure what year we're on and where we're at for those regional matchups. Just looking, and, and once again, maybe perhaps uh, Carol Homestead, you don't know, Carol Huntington North. Anyway, uh, East, you know, uh, Snyder with uh, with what they've got, although they've uh, their record doesn't show it, but, hey, they're in the sectional championship game. Yeah, and Jordan Poole's tremendous, arguably Indeed. the best player uh, in this region in girls' basketball. In Class 3A at Concordia, it was Woodland beating Heritage 45-34. to They advanced to the sectional championship tonight at 7.30 against Garrett, who was a 44-38 winner over Concordia. Now, 75% of all Garrett points were scored by one Bailey Kellum, 33 for her. Bailey's been tremendous throughout her entire high school career, and she's really put an exclamation point on it in her final season. And now Garrett in position tonight. They'll play Woodland. For a championship, and Woodland's a team that we really haven't given a lot of credit to this season. Now 20 wins after knocking off Heritage, and uh, they'll take on Garrett. And these two teams met at the beginning of the season, November 3rd, and it was a one-point dub for Woodland. So rematch tonight coming up in this matchup between the Railroaders and the Warriors. Yes, Woodland, Woodland solid and very experienced. So Yes, very good. So it could be a fun matchup tonight at the cage. Other uh, 3A scores from last night at Norwell. It was Norwell beating Peru 70-25, to and then Northwestern beats Belmont 50-44. to That title game is tonight at 7.30 at Norwell. Will be a very good game between Norwell and Northwestern, and uh, Tigers with just four losses, and two of those came to Twin Lakes this year. And so that's a very good basketball team. Norwell has been rolling along since that loss to Carroll uh, close to the new year, close to early January. So the, both teams really playing good basketball and should be a fun one tonight for a sectional championship at Norwell. Give the, the edge to the Knights being able to play at home. 3A at Fairfield had Lakeland beating Northwood 41-39 setting up a title game at 7.30 tonight between uh, the Lakers and Fairfield, uh, the, I believe, the Falcons? Yes, the Fairfield yes, Falcons, yes. and uh, Coach they, Garber doing a great job. They were victorious over West Noble, 55-6. to six. And, and uh, Justin, I'm going to task you with putting on your sales app right now <laughs> and, and explain this score. Um, well, this is the third time these teams have played. This season, including just a week ago. And Fairfield's been victorious all three. Yes. And the final score is 62-16, 76-16, and 55-6. Um, of seeding in the tournament, even mm -hmm. if it's just the top two teams, using somehow uh, some sort of uh, system because there's no reason that West Noble should be in a semifinal. There's no reason that New Haven should be in a semifinal. This is not. Yeah, I mean, the, you have... Look at the crowds across Indiana yesterday. Prime uh, opportunity Fridays and Saturdays to get crowds. You can't have these lopsided games. And I will give credit to Bryce Vance. We had him on the coaches show on Thursday. Had a novel idea when we talked about how you seed the sectionals in mm -hmm. basketball. And his idea was, and it was surprisingly competent, the idea from Bryce Vance, is you ensure that all the teams in the sectional play each other in the regular season. And you go by the records against each other. I see. Okay. Head-to-heads. Yep. You do all head-to-heads. And 
it would have to take some schedule finagling, and, and I know it would be tough to get out of deals and into deals, but there's enough open dates, conceivably, in the regular season to ensure that you're playing the five or six other teams in your sectional. And your sectional record against the like teams, the head-to-heads, um, is how the, the sectionals are seeded. Now, interesting, Will this would this be, hypothetically, once again, for boys as well as yes. girls? I would use the boys and girls. I think, and we had this discussion on the on the coaches show. I think basketball is in more need and more urgent to seed the sectional than football because of attendance. Football, in the end, you may have some mismatches early, but they're all on Fridays, sometimes mm-hmm. Saturdays, right? So you could everybody's planning on going to games Friday anyway. But when you have arguably biggest games of sectionals at six o'clock on a Tuesday. Or 7.30 on a Tuesday. We saw that with Homestead and Columbia City. Great crowd at North Arena on Tuesday night. But imagine what the crowd could have been last night. uh, Or if that game was a championship game tonight. Right? And in my opinion, it's a state in which, at least in the major metropolitan areas, football is surpassing basketball in popularity at the prep level, in my opinion. I think any way you can help basketball to get more eyes on the games and more attendance, the better. And speaking of Bryce Vance, we'll have his kinfolk on a little bit later oh. on in the, the show. The uh, lesser Vance? Kind of depends on the day. We'll be talking with Dan Vance <laughs> uh, a little bit later on. At the bottom of the hour, in fact, uh, if uh, we go ahead and put a big... Anyway, uh, we've got a, a few other scores to uh, pass along to you. Uh, it was Hamilton Heights, 58-47 to 47 over Jay County at the Hamilton Heights 3A sectional. Yorktown beats Frankton 43-35. 3A at Bremen, it was John Glenn, 39, Knox, 30. Tippecanoe Valley over Bremen, 56 to 33 for that title game tonight at 730. And 2A at Central Noble, it was Central Noble beating the Eastside Blazers, 51-42. Fremont, a 39-30 winner over Westview. 2A Bluffton had uh, the Adams Central Flying Jets uh, victorious over the Bluffton Tigers, 57 to 50. Bishop Lures. 57 to 46 over South Adams with that championship game tonight, tipping at 7 o'clock. 2A at Blackford, it was Eastbrook 59, Elwood 5. Another one of those situations. We need to get yep. rid of these games in the semifinals. And Tipton uh, takes care of Blackford in a uh, thrilling fashion 44 42. 1A at Blackhawk Christian, uh, the host uh, Lady Braves beaten by Bethany Christian 33 32. And it was Lakewood Park Christian 47 to 30 over Elkhart Christian. 1A at Southern Wells. Lakeland Christian gets a 63-33 win over the Lady Raiders. And it was Southwood 59, Northfield 39. Those are some of the scores we have for you in girls sectional play. And before we go to break, I want to tell you about my friends at Culligan. You buy bottled water. Just a quick question. You buy a bottle of water, the case, the 24 of them, you, you put them, you know, in your cart or under your cart, and then you stretch to get them out of your cart, up on the, up to, to get them uh, checked out, back into your cart, you take them out, take them to your car. Anyway, on and on. You get my point. How would you like to just have bottled water, quality water right there at your kitchen sink? You can. They have systems at Culligan that you can either buy or you can rent, for that matter, to see if you like it. Hey, rent it. 
rent it for a year and see. And then if you like it, you want to keep renting, keep renting. But anyway, give them a call today, 484-8668, 484-8668. The reverse osmosis drinking water system is amazing and gives you, and they will show you tests to prove it, bottled water quality right there at your kitchen tap. Give them a call today, 484-8668. Give your people Culligan Water. We'll be right back with Mike McCaffrey. Dan Patrick at 9 a.m. on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The story is the Jets are hiring Daniel Hackett, and he's the former head coach of the Broncos, and he was the quarterback's coach in Green Bay. So now it's, well, we hired him, we're getting Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it works that way, but can you get Rodgers to agree to two years? And if you can, I would make a trade. Dan Patrick at 9 a.m. Download the 1380 app. Listen from your smart speaker or log on to 1380thefan.com. High school sports teach so much more than just the fundamentals of the game. They also teach the fundamentals of life, like the power of belief. I'm Robert Falkins. And I'm Carrie Rosati. We're both assistant commissioners of the IHSAA. In the second classroom of high school sports, student-athletes understand hard work pays off, and they learn to be proud of their effort, no matter the outcome. Successful student-athletes support their teammates and learn to always do the right thing. And most importantly, they learn to always believe in themselves. When high school sports keep education in front of athletics, these fundamental beliefs outweigh the idea of winning at all costs. That's why high school sports are a transformative and invaluable part of every student-athlete's education. Buy a ticket to your high school's athletic events and show student-athletes that you'll always believe in them, too. This is the power of belief. This is the power of high school sports. This is your IHSAA. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. Along with Justin Kenny from OPS, OutsideTheHuddle.net, Caleb and Kenny in the morning, and the high school coaches show. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> all the above. Yes, all the above. Yeah. The hardest working man in radio. Seemingly. I mean, the, the key in any field is make it look like you're working hard. You know, wh- wh- do you subscribe to the work smarter, not harder? Or do um, you just leave it all out on the radio console at the end of the week and go, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cooked? I don't know if, if anybody can describe you as, as smart, uh, smarter at times maybe, but in comparison to what? But no, I'd, uh, I 
I probably could work smarter, but I, I just don't. I take it day by day. If I can survive a day, that's good. Then I'll just start the next day. Why don't we just go to the talk on sports phone Where's line powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union because there's somebody smarter than you and I. Oh, yes. On Not that talking sports phone line, and it's Mr. Mike McCaffrey of the University of St. Francis. Professor, good morning. <laughs> good morning, my friend. How you doing? I am great this morning. Uh, having a good time. The sun's out. What is this, about the fifth day in a row for sunshine? Yeah. My goodness. Vitamin D overload, I think. Wow. Well, yeah, a lot of things going on. Now, okay, where are you right now currently? Uh, currently Ardmore and Covington heading south to St. Aloysius. Aha. Uh -huh. And what's going on at St. Aloysius this morning? Well, we got a little 10-15 tip with the 7th uh, and 8th grade team for Precious Blood against, I believe, the 7th and 8th grade team from Our Lady. Oh. So last regular season one, and then we wrap it up with the tournament next week, and then basketball season will be all over. There we go. And yeah. uh, next year, minus hopefully one cast uh, for one of the... <laughs> One of the role players there, but <laughs> does Our Lady have a like a K through eight school? I, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I think they combine a couple schools for them. Okay, um, but they've got they've had a team every year, so I know every year we we played against them, so they are represented every uh, grade level. But they may be one of those ones where they join a couple schools together, just like Central Catholic does in football, and some of the other Catholic schools do. Definitely, definitely. How cutthroat is the recruiting at that level? <laughs> <laughs> well, depending know. on I, who you talk I, to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Balin's kind of tall, but I haven't had any of the other coaches come over to me yet and try to recruit him away from <laughs> Precious Blood. So, I mean, maybe maybe it's just not uh, not a PB. We don't do it that way. Maybe the St. Vincent's and the St. Charles may get that crazy, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think we're like that on Spring Street. Just waiting for the first NIL deal to be announced. <laughs> <laughs> Name, image, and licorice, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it was interesting because I was talking to somebody at one time that was all over the board about, well, you know, Catholics recruit at all levels. I go, no kidding. Uh, and I said, well, I said, look at St. Francis football. They've been good. I said, I know they recruit. <laughs> and he goes, see? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you don't see much in the SAC or the NECC or the NE8 or none of that, right? Just only us Catholic schools. It's, do that, it's so. yes, yeah. Anyway, hey, I wanted to ask you, and and you alluded last week to the fact that that your term is up on the national NAIA level, and we didn't really get a chance to talk a little more in depth about that. But would you tell the listeners what you have been doing uh, for the national? NAIA uh, the past how many years? Well, yeah, so there's kind of two two prongs to it. I'm on the uh, NAIA Athletic Directors Association board, and I've been on that board since its inception. Probably we were just talking about it down in Marco Island that I think I'm the last remaining person from the initial board of directors. Everyone else has kind of rolled off or gotten other jobs. And, um, so I'm still on that for another year, but the one that I'm rolling off of now is the NACTA uh, board of Directors, the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics. That's that's one that I've been on for three years now um, as the NAIA rep. So there's three of us from each division, so Division Three, Division Two, Junior College, and NAIA, and we each have three reps on the, the Board of Directors and the Executive Committee, they call it. And uh, that's the term that, that I'm done with. It's been uh, 
it's been awesome just to be in a room with all of our counterparts from the other divisions. And, you know, we're, we're competitive in the recruiting world, and uh, I'll, I'll tell anybody how great I think the NAIA is, but at the end of the day, we're all ADs trying to get the job done, and we share our, our stories and try to help each other through challenges. And then when we get to the convention, we're all collaborating on presentations and development workshops and all that kind of stuff. So it's been it's been tremendous. And then obviously when you get to the, the meetings, you're in a room with the Greg Burns of Alabama and Ward Manuels of Michigan, and these guys are the, the executive committee that we sit back and listen to, and they share some of the stories of what's going on in the NCAA Division One. and obviously that's a crazy time for them. And uh, we, we try to find our little niche, but we're, it's, been, it's been a great professional development tool for me. Uh, to be able to learn from some of these people that, as you guys were saying, we're coming on a lot smarter than I am. Um, so it's, it's been a blessing, and, and my term will come up on that. So I'll still be on the ADA board, but not the uh, NACTA board of directors anymore. We're talking this morning with Mike McCaffrey, athletic director at the University of St. Francis, in our weekly Cougar chat. And, Mike, over your term, what are you most proud of as far as things that have been enacted by these committees? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the best kind of moments that I've had at the National Convention when I was the president of the ADA a few years ago was, you know, we passed this whole NIL player compensation thing long before the NCAA did. We did it in 2019, uh, I think it was, down in uh, West Palm Beach. And that was because we had seen what was coming, and, and we had to change our rules so that we could compensate kids for things like health insurance and things outside of just their scholarship. and. Um, you know, that's kind of where NIL started, and obviously they've taken it to another level um, at, at the big Division ones and getting their eight, $80 million collectives together at the different universities. That's obviously not what we were doing, but we were out in front of it, and we, when NIL passed in the NCAA, we kind of said, yeah, we did that last year. So uh, it wasn't just me, but it was, I think, you know, to work with the group of people that I got to in, in, in that and to be able to stand in front of a room of everyone in the NAIA and uh, get them to buy into that legislation. It's certainly something that I I remember fondly. Well, Mike, let's let's turn our uh, our attention to the sport of basketball right now. The uh, the men are going to be, I believe, heading to Spring Arbor for a three o'clock matchup today at thirteen and eleven overall. The women will play them at one p.m. Right? Yep, doubleheader up at Spring Arbor, up in Michigan. So women at one and men at three. And as far let's see, I think the men have they go till about the till mid month, the 18th, I think, and finish up the conference season there. And then uh, as far as for the men, when do uh, the, the Crossroads League tournament starts? And then uh, what about any potential for any uh, NAIA national championship uh, opportunities? Yes, yeah, so we've got four regular season games left. Um, we've got Spring Arbor. We've got Grace, we've got Huntington, and we have Bethel. Uh, so on the, the men's side, <clears throat> somehow we can, I think if we can go 3-1 and one, uh, over these last four games, which means we would have beaten either Grace or Huntington, who are both ranked, and Bethel, who's just ahead of us. If we can, if we can somehow go 3-1, and one, I think it'll make it very interesting for the people out there trying to keep us out of the national tournament. It'll be tough to do if we can go 3-1 and one down the stretch because we'll have some pretty darn good wins. Um, but obviously we got to take care of business at Spring Arbor first. Well-coached team. They always play hard. Um, they get us at our place, it seems like, about every year, every other year. So we're up there today. And uh, The women are, uh, you know, probably not looking postseason right now, but you never know. Again, we, we can get Grace and get Huntington and get some of these teams down the stretch. And 
Um, you know, some other teams fall, and maybe we can get in. But just, you know, super proud of both of our teams and the way they've played up to this point. They've both dealt with different kinds of adversity, whether it's not having a ton of numbers on the bench or injuries or, you know, Cush being injured for the men and, and uh, Jeremy Henney coming in right before the season. And what they've both been able to do to put themselves in position at this point has been pretty awesome to watch, and, and I'm super proud of them regardless of how it shakes out. No doubt about it. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week, and go Reds, right? Yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All right. That was Mike McCaffrey, Athletic Director at the University of St. Francis, in our weekly Cougar Chat. And uh, well, let's go ahead and take a timeout, and then when we return, let's talk some mad-ass basketball. Let's do that with Dan Vance when we come back. You're listening to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply, on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Listen up. I have to whisper since this is considered the best kept secret in Fort Wayne. Coyote Creek Bar and Grill is a great place for lunch or dinner for anyone. That's right. It's open to the public and offers delicious food in a relaxed sports bar setting. Plenty of TVs with your favorite games, a relaxing view of the pond and golf course, and a variety of menu items to satisfy every taste. All right, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't keep this a secret. Everyone should experience lunch and dinner at Coyote Creek. It's not just for club members. Not only are you welcome, you're invited. Special prices like six domestic beers for $16 and daily food and drink specials. There's a family room, a private area for company meetings or parties, all in a relaxing sports bar atmosphere. Come for a business lunch or a family dinner, or just to hang out with the guys. At Coyote Creek Bar and Grill, you don't need to be a member. On Hillegas Road by I-69. Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. Today, we also face a mental health pandemic that threatens our well-being as we attempt to rebuild our social networks and communities. The pandemic has reminded us to value family, community, and our human connections. However, it has also left many of us feeling more isolated, confused, and alone, struggling to find meaning amid loss and uncertainty. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges. But many of us do not understand what we are facing or know how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we understand what you are going through, and we are here to help. Our vision is to build a mentally healthy nation for all. We work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit MentallyHealthyNation.org to learn more. What does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, wolf. Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh, ooh. What about the tiny dog? Cat. Owl. Giraffe, really? Okay. Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. 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 You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. 
Today, we also face a mental health pandemic that threatens our well-being as we attempt to rebuild our social networks and communities. The pandemic has reminded us to value family, community, and our human connections. However, it has also left many of us feeling more isolated, confused, and alone, struggling to find meaning amid loss and uncertainty. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges. But many of us do not understand what we are facing or know how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we understand what you are going through, and we are here to help. Our vision is to build a mentally healthy nation for all. We work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit MentallyHealthyNation.org to learn more. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports. Powered by Automotive Color and Supply. Oh, Pink Floyd? Okay. I'm liking it. Impressive. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Welcome back to Talking Sports. And on the Talking Sports phone line, powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union, is Director of Media Relations and Director of Social Media for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, Mr. Dan Vance. Dan, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Jim. Well, the Mad Ants back at home on the Coliseum Court tonight, a 7 o'clock tip against the Capital City Go-Go, the NBA G League affiliate of the Washington Wizards. And... What's in store for the fans that attend tonight? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the big thing is that the teams are on a bit of a roll. Obviously, we've had a little bit of a break, which is always nice uh, to catch up after the string of games they played in a row on the West Coast in Fort Wayne and Indianapolis and Lakeland, Florida. Uh, it was a, a tough stretch for a couple of weeks, and they haven't played in a week, so chance to rest up and, and get going. Um, but they've been an exciting team, Jim. And, you know, I went down to Lakeland, a place that we – uh, traditionally aren't that great at uh, historically uh, and pick up a big win last Saturday gives them a lot of momentum. Capital City is a team that's sitting right ahead of us in the Eastern Conference standings. Um, they're in fourth, we're in fifth right now in a six-team uh, you know playoff cutoff. So it's, a, it's an important game. It's a critical game for playoff positioning, for momentum going forward because we head into another stretch of a lot of games very quickly before the All-Star break. So I think everybody's going to throw their best efforts out there. We're going to see that with Capital City, um, three guys on assignment uh, from the Wizards tonight. So I think that's a big one. They just assigned Vernon Carey, uh, former first-round draft pick out of Duke, uh, to the team yesterday. So uh, they're going to throw everything at it. We have Trevell and Queen back in the lineup after his stint with the Pacers. So uh, it's it's going to be a game where, you know, kind of a one of those heavyweight collisions where everybody's going to want to gain the footing uh, in this game tonight. Yes, it should be. And what is the health of the Fort Wayne Mad Ants team coming in? I know this little respite here uh, is, is great for healing up bumps and bruises and things, but I know we've uh, been missing Benny Boatwright for uh, quite some time. David Servetus has been out, and uh, I think Gabe uh, did Gabe York get a little banged up too, and uh, and had to recover a little bit. Yeah, so uh, Gabe uh, turned his ankle Friday night in Lakeland. Uh, did not play Saturday. Uh, in, in the wind down there. Uh, Gabe's a game-time decision. Uh, ankle's better, so I think that once they go through shoot-around today, they'll uh, 
they'll make a determination. Obviously, uh, Jim, you you know Gabe. Gabe wants to play. Yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, I think it's important though when you're in a playoff push like this. Um, you know, still early. We still have 19 games left in the regular season, but it's still a bit of a playoff push. So you want to make sure that everybody's healthy. Uh, same goes with David Osservitas and his back situation. He's also basically a game time decision every night. They feel that out with, with Davey. Uh, and then Benny is still out for a while with the knee injury that he went down with in November. So um, we're in a position where we're semi-healthy, but uh, I think the addition of uh, Trevlin Queen back in the lineup, you know, he was up with the Pacers while Tyrese Halliburton was injured um, and got some good minutes, played well for the Pacers. So I think having TQ back in the lineup uh, helps take a little bit of the the strain off of missing a couple guys due to injury. Well, yeah, and then I I think with Queen in the lineup, I think that alters um, the role of a Justin Anderson, doesn't it? It does, and Justin's been tremendous uh, in TQ's absence, and, and then especially without Gabe uh, in Lakeland last week, he really just kind of took charge to get that win. So it does, and Justin's shown that he can alter that role uh, throughout the year big assist guy, uh, probably the best passing season of his career, uh, and he's been able to alter. So it kind of, you know, Queen back in the lineup gives us uh, another 1A scoring punch. Uh, if Gabe's back, then we have, you know, two big mm-hmm. scoring punches. And Justin doesn't have to, but is still capable. I think that's been an important role for Justin through the years, that he has understood that depending the lineup, he has to adjust what he does. Uh, and that's not something he had to do last year. No matter what the lineup change was for us, and we had a lot of them last season, Justin was the go-to guy. He was going to score the big points. And so he's kind of been able to adjust and affect the game significantly in a lot of different ways. So I think that's a, a great thing that we've had from Justin and his maturity to you know attack the game on different levels when he's not scoring the basketball as much. We're talking this morning with Dan Vance. Media Relations Director, Social Media Director of the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, and our weekly Mad Ants chat. And, uh, of course, we've got tonight's game. Uh, tickets are still available, but we've got uh, some groups that are out. And so uh, uh, get your tickets earlier rather than later. Uh, but then our next home game, bit of a unique circumstance, February 12th, and that is otherwise known as the day of the big game in uh, the NFL. But this game... And I, and I can recall, Dan, first when the schedule first came out, people are going, why have a game on this day that nobody's going to show up? What What is going on? It's a 12 noon start next Sunday, and then you can watch the big football game. Uh, but there are already uh, some, some pretty nice tickets out already. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have a good day. You know, like you said, noon start time next Sunday. Um, You know, a a day of, if you're a sports fan, why not make it a entire day of sports, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're not a football fan, well, here's an alternative for you uh, to, you know, get out to a sporting event and take in sports on that day. So, and when you talk about it too, the excitement of having the South Bay Lakers in town, you know, uh, last season in particular, as we came back from COVID, the West Coast, East Coast, you know, teams didn't intermingle much. So to have South Bay in town, uh, to have that, you know, franchise come to Fort Wayne is great because we don't see the West Coast teams as much. It gives you some variety uh, in the opponent you're playing. And they're playing really good basketball, too. They're a team that, you know, we talked about Capital City being right in the 
in the mix in the Eastern Conference. They're right in the mix in the Western Conference, so they don't want to take a loss either. So it's a, definitely a, a very important game. Uh, and like you said, I think that we're going to have a, a nice crowd. There's some great ticket offers still out there. It's a Pizza Hut Family Day. Uh, and also we do have a, an offer for what we call the Super Noon Showdown mm. offer that's out there if you visit our social media where it's uh, two tickets and two foam fingers for $30. Uh, and just a chance to, you know, get out and enjoy the day early. Uh, a noon start time's fun. It's different. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a really good game. Again, two really good teams uh, coming to the Coliseum this, you know, today and next weekend. I think that's always great when you have really high-quality opponents and you know you're going to have good matchups on the court. Well, sure. And, and just getting back to that foam finger thing. And then after the game, take that to the party you're going to. There you go. Exactly. If you want to come, if you want to be noticed, you hold up that one big foam finger and that's <laughs> going to do it. That's going to do it. But in the meantime, now we've got a couple of games down at Gamers Fieldhouse, uh, some afternoon games, a couple of 1230 starts on Monday against the Capital City Go-Go. Uh, once again, kind of the, the second of two. And then the Oklahoma City Blue Blue want to beat us uh, because we beat them <laughs> at Winter Showcase, uh, a game that went down to the wire with Terry Taylor on assignment from the Pacers hitting a shot to meet the target score uh, during Winter Showcase back in December. And that was a, a shootout of a game between Terry scoring 46, and they had Trey Mann who scored, I believe, 40 in that game. So uh, definitely a team that's going to want to get that one back. Uh, and, and a pretty solid team uh, just picked up Andre Roberson, a guy with a lot of NBA experience. So they're a team that is has kind of a good combination like us, uh, very veteran-laden, but also has some young prospects on it. Uh, you know, you see that with us with a Justin Anderson versus a Kendall Brown. Uh, so they're a team that's laid out dynamically in a similar way. So uh, another game that's going to be good when you look at the next two weeks and, and having Oklahoma City come to Indianapolis and then next weekend going Sunday, Monday against South Bay and then – uh, a week from Wednesday, we're still in Indianapolis, and we have College Park, who uh, just came and put on a show not too long ago at the Coliseum and hit threes from everywhere but the parking lot. So, you know, we have tough teams ahead, and I think it's a really important time for, you know, our guys to, you know, have a chance to show how dialed in they can be, not looking ahead to uh, an all-star break where there's a couple days off, and a uh, string of you know, seven games here in the next two weeks because there's also a quick trip to Greensboro, North Carolina, that we can show that if we can go on a big run here, uh, we come back out of the all-star break for the final stretch of the season as, you know, one of the teams to beat in the entire G League. 46862 Automotive Color and Supply text line 46862. Put TS in front of your message, and we got a text that came in, Dan, that says, uh, TS, is Trevion Williams still playing for Cap City? And if I'm not mistaken, he was recently acquired by Cap City, wasn't he? The former Correct. Purdue forward. Correct, yeah, the former Purdue forward. He is on their roster. He will be here uh, for the game tonight. So an another draw for fans in Indiana. I get a chance to see, uh, you know, a, a Purdue guy who uh, obviously has a lot of fans uh, in this area. So uh, he's on that roster. Like I said, it's a it's a pretty loaded roster when you look down um, that roster. Isaiah Todd, former first-round draft pick, played uh, in the inaugural season of the G League Ignite, is on that roster as well. Um, Chris Dunn, who has a ton of NBA experience, is leading the G League in steals right now. Another guy on that roster. So they, they definitely have some guys uh, that should, should draw some attention as people should want to see uh, tonight when we play Capital City. Should be a lot of fun. Well, Dan, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in a few hours. 
Sounds good. See you then, Jim. All right. That was Dan Vance, Director of Media Relations and Social Media for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants in our weekly Mad Ants chat. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with uh, hopefully a very jubilant Michael Franke because the Comets got a big Friday win last night over Kalamazoo. We'll talk to him when we return. You're listening to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Ben Boudreau on the guest line. Wanted to ask about Bowser Old Man, about Bruce, and I know that was a, a big thing a couple weeks ago down in Vancouver. How's he doing? He's doing fantastic, to be honest. The Frankies are celebrating their 92-93 championship. They have a reunion, and uh, my father was invited at the beginning of the year, and he responded uh, that he wouldn't be able to make it, and the day he got fired, he sent David an email um, changing my RSVP, <laughs> and I'll be there. Caleb and Kenny, mornings at 7. Hear it all on the 13 13- or download the latest episodes on 1380thefan.com. This is Matt Hoopy of Hoopy Insurance Services, and I want you to think of me as your personal shopper for all of your insurance needs. As an independent agent, I can do the research and comparisons to find the right company and coverage that fits your needs, not just sell you a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all policy from some of the national companies. Besides shopping price, I look for companies that put you first when it comes to filing a claim. With an independent agency like Hoopy Insurance Services, not only do we have dozens of options to find the right policy that meets your needs. We work with companies that deliver service when you need them most. And you always have an advocate that isn't an employee of the company, but has leverage with the company to help you have a stress-free experience. Before you renew or if you have new insurance needs, let's talk about the differences. Contact me, Matt Hoopia, Hoopy Insurance. We represent you. That's why we say our family is serving your family since 1981. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. I'm going to let this roll just a little bit. I'm a gigantic Robert Plant fan. And I won't sing, I won't do that. <laughs> Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. You are making some gigantic points today. You got Pink Floyd, you got Zeppelin. Wow. I'm trying. You are, and you're succeeding. Excellent. Well, welcome back. Hey, uh, last night out at Memorial Coliseum in front of 8,727 screaming fans of Fort Wayne Comets got a big Friday night victory over the Kalamazoo Wings 4-2. to two. And on the Talking Sports phone line, powered by Fireplace City County Federal Credit Union, is Fort Wayne Comet President Michael Franke. Michael, good morning, sir. Good morning. We'll have to change the uh, title of that song to Fools in the Sunshine today. Yes, yeah, because it's not raining at all. So No. Yeah, beautiful oh, yeah, day. Well, I have to tell you what, we just keep that going for the next few minutes. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. That brings back some memories, yeah. but Absolutely, uh, yeah. yes. Well, we're, we're so, back. Yeah, four to two win, and uh, I played the best two first, uh, first and second period were Probably our best two periods of the season, believe it or not. We were uh, we were energized. Uh, we scored four goals. Keeled had three of them. Uh, we had other opportunities. Uh, you know, we just played well. And, uh, you know, third period, uh, maybe a little bit of a letdown. But uh, we were able to... Uh, 
keep the 4-2 win, and uh, that's good. We got four in a row now, so, uh, you know, let's see if we can make it five in a row tonight in Kazoo. That is, yeah, that is true with the home and home with the Wings. But, uh, you know, over the years, Kalamazoo has been very familiar uh, place to play for the Comets. Now, as far as dimensions at Wing State, well, it, in Kalamazoo, uh, the ice surface, is that a legit 200 by 85 or is that shorter? Uh, they'll tell you it's legit, but it's shorter. Okay. Uh, I would say it's probably about uh, six to eight feet shorter in length. Uh, the corners are very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of room from the goal line into the corners. And uh, I don't know why they just never fessed up to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's clearly not regulation. Uh, it's close, but not not completely. Well, the last time I was there, it just seemed like neutral zone was crimped or something. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. You know, making yeah, making your end zone, you know, making your corners tighter as well. I'd say they're probably 190 in length and not 200. Okay. Um, I think there's four or five feet shy in the corners and then probably another half a foot at least in the neutral zone. And one would think that this would have a distinct advantage to the home team that can when they can practice on that surface, especially yeah. if it is a little bit uh, different than the 200 by 85. But it seems oh, like I the Comets have had pretty good success yeah, over the years. Uh, it's kind of like a little band box. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, if you're a forward and you want to dump the puck into the zone, you're on top of that defenseman quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what they do. They've always done that. They've been, uh, they've always been kind of a dump and chase team. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a distinct advantage, uh, to play, uh, you know, and to practice on that kind of a nice surface. We're talking this morning with Michael Franke, president of the Fort Wayne Comets in our weekly comment chat. And of course, with the with the K's and the win streak, uh, you know it, it's all about chemistry, getting things, uh, getting lines together, and uh, getting good goaltending as well. And and I think it's all just been a, a nice little combination here over the last week or ten days. Yeah, yeah. Fani is playing very well. The goalie, uh, he uh, he's getting more and more confidence. Uh, we got Graves back last night. The defenseman. You know, we forgot to talk about one thing from last night's game. We actually had uh, the Kalamazoo goalie get in a fight yes. with one of our players. Seaman Allen. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but the crazy thing about it is the referee only called three penalties at the end of the period, and Seaman Allen and the goalie did not get fighting penalties. And yeah. the goalie dropped his gloves. Yeah, he... he kept his mask on. Uh, the, but, goalie uh, gotta, the goalie got to leave in the crease. That was quite exciting. That, yeah. that uh, threw me back to the days of Merlin Jenner and Robbie <laughs> Irons. <laughs> but they'd skate length, you know, and, and, oh, and yeah, Nick exactly. Boucher. Nick Boucher yeah. would seek out the other goaltender and uh, oh, ask him if they wanted absolutely. to go. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it just, uh, it was, it was fun. The crowd, I think the crowd got into that last night and, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just 
part of the game every once in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when the goaltender keeps a mask on, you're at a distinct disadvantage uh, with bare knuckles. But uh... bro- Broken knuckle time. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Well, lead us through uh, basically the next two weeks of the ECHL schedule for the Commons. Well, we've got uh, a home game Sunday after tonight against Iowa. And uh, then we go to uh, Dallas next weekend. And uh, we play the Allen Americans on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, they're playing a lot better now. Uh, They're no longer coached by Steve Martinson, Mm. uh, which is always a shame because we love (laughs) playing against him. Uh, He he always had rough and tumble teams. But uh, so we go down there for three. And then we come back, and uh, we have a home game on the, what is it, the uh, 18th, I believe it is. Yeah, the 18th. And uh, we only have four home games the entire month of February. So kind of an oddity. There's a lot of things going on at the Coliseum. Yes. And, uh, and then March and April are very, very heavy. So uh, not exactly uh, what we want, uh, but uh, that's just the way it ended up this year. Well, yes, uh, and, and of course, yeah, with with so many different things going on at the Coliseum, uh, keeping the keeping the Fort Wayne teams on the road, that uh, just part of it, but it's, it's something that uh, the professional teams get used to uh, well, as far as the schedule. Well, you get used to it. Um, I'm not sure it's good for yeah. the professional teams uh, because, you know, you get, uh, you know, you, you're gone for such a long period of time. And, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think I like that better, better. I know the tin caps since uh, the COVID situation, they're playing uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, eight, 10, 12 in a row at home. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard too. Um, you know, it's hard to maintain that momentum when you have so many home games in a row. So uh, it'd just be nice to have a little, uh, maybe a little bit better distribution uh, at the Coliseum. But I, that'll never happen because uh, the schedules each year from the Coliseum, whether it be the Circus or Disney or NCAA uh, basketball tournaments, they, they all run around the same period of time. Yes, they yeah they do. So it's it's just one of the things in uh, in the the season of sports. That's for sure. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Michael Franke, president of the Fort Wayne Comets, our weekly comment chat. And uh, my goodness, that's going to do it already for talking sports. Time flies. My goodness. What have I been doing? <laughs> Asking inquisitive questions. Oh, okay. That's, that's what we'll call it. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you, everybody. Well, thanks to Mike McCaffrey, the University of St. Francis. Thanks to Dan Vance of the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Thanks to Michael Franke of the Fort Wayne Commons for joining us this morning. Thanks for the text that came in. Thanks for everybody listening, tuning in to Talking Sports every single week. We appreciate it. Thanks to Justin Kenny, as always, for keeping it all smooth for us and, and putting out a, an exquisite array. Uh, uh, now he's now he's playing Stones music. Yep, it's downhill from here. Yeah, well, for the day for everybody. Well, that's okay. Yeah, well, we will uh, we will do that. 
It's been great. So until next week, have a great week, everybody. Hey, listen up. I have to whisper since this is considered the best kept secret in Fort Wayne. Coyote Creek Bar and Grill is a great place for lunch or dinner for... Podcasts by Federated Media.